grateful for everyone who's come out tonight. We want to greet everybody who may be watching by means of the live stream. God bless you. God bless you, T. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. I guess this is Darlene's right. I still got an evil streak in me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, I was here for a while today, and I was able to get some study time in, but I did not have the time to get things put in the screen, so we won't be using that tonight, and so you will have to uh, go back to the old-fashioned way and depend on your your Bibles, and uh, which is good. That way you, you can... You can know for sure whether the pastor's preaching the word or not. Amen? Hallelujah. We are studying being rooted, growing deep and standing tall. I cannot overemphasize the importance of every child of God getting their self rooted, grounded, and established. And that's the purpose of this study of lessons that we have gotten into. And uh, we want to try our best to help you uh, see the importance of it and also uh, learn how to get better rooted and grounded in the kingdom of God. Last week we talked about the sower, and the different kinds of ground that the seed is sowed on. And we found out that um, some of the seeds fall by the wayside, and then they get devoured by the enemy. We found out that some seed fall among thorns, and the thorns grow up, and choke out, amen, which represents the things in the world that we get involved in that as God's people we really have no business of being involved in. Uh, I find Christians waste too much time wondering, Pastor, is me doing so-and-so a sin? Well, whether or not the Bible calls something a sin or going somewhere a sin or doing something a sin, you need to be concerned whether or not is it something that's capable of choking out the life of Christ within you. The Bible says that we're supposed to lay aside every weight and sin. There are differences in weights and sin. Hallelujah. So that's what we talked about last time. And we're going going a little bit further tonight. And I have entitled tonight's lesson, Following the Process. Following the Process. Um, 
And the scripture, the main scripture that I'm going to be reading from is Colossians chapter 2. And I'm going to read verses 6 and 7. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. And I am going to be reading from the New King James Version. And this is what it reads like. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. How many understand that if if you're in the kingdom of God and you got an understanding tonight of what's right and what's wrong, that your, your heart has been illuminated, you got something to be thankful for. Because there's a lot of people deceived. There's a lot of people think they're all right, but they're lost. So if you, if you understand, if the scales has been pulled off of your eyes, you got something to be thankful for. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to tell you at the get-go, I'm not going to finish this part of it tonight because I'm, going, I'm, I'm breaking some things down, and I'm going, just, I'm just going to go until our time runs out, then we will pick up from that. But we're, we're talking about tonight following the process. Um, after you have been planted in the kingdom of God by the work of God in your life, there is a process we must follow to assure our growth, development, and subsequent barren fruit for the glory of God in His kingdom. Hallelujah. Uh, For people get tripped up as they don't understand it, when you repent, and you get baptized, and get filled with the Spirit, that's not all of it, folks. That's just the beginning. That is just the beginning. And if you want to bring that to fruition, to where actually it will mean something to you, especially one day when you stand before the maker of your soul, you're going to have to get involved in a process. Since we've been in this locality right here, I've baptized way too many people where I baptized them, and a bunch of them never come back one time. Now, I evaluate myself, and I'm saying, Lord, maybe I messed up there. Maybe I messed up. Because sometimes, because we get so, we want somebody so, so bad uh, to get right with God and be baptized, 
I think it's, I think it's, uh, it's very well, well true that you can baptize somebody before they're ready to get baptized. Amen. They may think they're ready. But let me tell you something. Your salvation is not based on some emotion. Amen. Because I'm going to tell you right now, you may feel good tonight in the Lord, but I guarantee you if you live long enough, you're going to wake, you're going to wake up one morning, you ain't going to feel so good. Hallelujah. And I will tell you, I will admit to you, there have been days, Brother Kyle, I've walked up, I didn't even feel saved. Because I have, I have been under so much pressure. But see, my salvation is not based on my feelings. My salvation is based on what the Word says. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. That's what we got to base our salvation. Because listen, you're going to feel up, you're going to feel down. Amen. You're going to wonder sometime, why, Lord, does everything seem to be going against me? And there are a lot of times that, you, that seems like everything you touch seems to fall apart. But always know this. God is always with you. Even though during the times you don't feel him with you. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't, I don't feel like running, jumping, and shouting every day. Hallelujah. And all those other people that claim they do, well, they need to get forgiveness for lying. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's a truth anyhow. Amen. But see, that's, that's where grace and mercy comes in. Glory. So, there is a process that we got to follow if we want to grow, develop, and begin to bear fruit, bring forth fruit for the glory of God and His kingdom. Because that's, that's what God intends for you once after you have received Him, after you have been born again. It's a plan of God for you to grow. It's a plan of God for you to develop. It's a plan of God to you to bring forth fruit. It's important for us to never attend. Now, now I'm gonna I'm gonna get into something a little touchy for some folks, but I can't help it. The Bible says, "From the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established." And I'm gonna give you some scripture, plenty of scripture. To back up what I'm saying right here. That's why I say I'm not going to be able to get to all of this. But I want to I say this. I want to say this again. It's important for us to never attempt to take any of the credit. And what I'm talking about, the credit or the glory. From the beginning to the end of this process. Amen. 
for it is God's work in you from beginning to end. I don't want to burst your bubble, but you never had nothing to do with it. Y'all, but I had, a, I, I had a desire, and I had a burden to come to God. If God hadn't gave you that desire and that burden, you never would have had it. Because yeah. guess, guess what? Everybody in the house, everybody watching by the means of the Internet, none of us was born with any kind of desire to serve God. We got desires to do everything else but serve God. So it is God and His work in us from the beginning of our salvation through the whole process that we're going to be talking about tonight and next week and maybe a little bit further. I don't know. But um, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Do you, do you, do you see that? This backs up what I just said. If it wasn't for God giving you the will and the desire to serve him, you was not born with that will and desire to serve God. Hallelujah. If you're like most people, you run for a long time before you finally gave in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I told everybody, I think it was a Sunday night. I believe it was Sunday night. Um, but if it wasn't, it was, it was here recently. About, uh, about one lady that I was talked to, doing my best to get to come to the house of God. And after I talked to her, I found out what, what was keeping her out. She says, look, she says, I like to take, I like to drink some, take a nip. And I'm not quite ready to give that up yet. And I'm not going to go to church until I'm ready to do that. You see, the things that we want to do, it has to be God to put the desire. You can talk to somebody to their, you, they, they and you both are blue in the face, but until God gives them a desire and a will, they're not, they're not going to begin to make a change. It is God who works in you. Both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, having said that, I want to say this. Number one, God is the originator and the finisher of the work of salvation in our life. He is the originator. And he's the finisher. That's why I told you a few minutes ago that we can't take none of the credit from beginning to the end. It's all God. 
It's all God. Remember, remember one scripture, Jesus said, you hadn't chose me, I chose you. Stop and think about what a blessing that is. Here's the Lord of all creation. Here's the God that created everything. And the reason why you're sitting in this church tonight, listening to his word, and you've got a desire to do so, or if you couldn't be here physically, the reason why you're watching, you got a desire to hear the word of God, even though you couldn't be here, it's because God chose you. The one who created everything. You're in here tonight because he chose you. And he put, he, he made you want to follow his will. Mm. Matthew chapter 15 and verse 13. Let's get another scripture. To show you that it's not just Philippians. But Matthew 15 and 13. But he answered and said, every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted shall be rooted up. You want to get rooted, you want to get grounded, you want to get set on the faith, faith, you got to start right. And the way that you start right is let him start the work. This scripture here says, that God the Father does the planting. You didn't plant yourself. I remember one time, years ago, I was cleaning out an old shed, and I found a whole sack of seed that I had bought and forgot about. I don't remember now what kind of seed it was, but they never did get planted. And because they never got planted, they never did produce. Now that seed, for that seed to do something, that seed is dependent on somebody planting it. Seed can't plant itself. Come on. Hallelujah. The seed never was planted because I didn't, I, I didn't get out there and I didn't plant it. God is the one who plants us in his kingdom. And if it don't come from God, you ain't going to last. You're going to get uprooted. Amen. That's, that's one answer to why we have people fall away. They didn't start right. They wasn't planted by God. This is the words of Jesus himself right here. Every plant that my heavenly father hadn't planted shall be a... Now, let me tell you where this scripture verse come from. Because <laughs> we are living in an hour. Oh, hey. Oh, Lord Jesus. The Lord must be putting this on me because I, hadn't, I didn't think about it today. I hadn't got it, I hadn't got it in my notes. But we're going to go with it. We are living in such a time that everybody's such a snowflake. Everybody gets offended about everything. 
how so-and-so got offended. Where's so-and-so at tonight? Well, pastor, you preached a little too hard. They kind of got offended and got their feelings hurt. Well, God bless a little snowflake. I'll, I'll talk about people politically that way, and I'll talk about religious folks that way. Because this scripture in Matthew, if you will go to Matthew yourself, and read the verses just prior to verse 13. Jesus got, had gotten through doing some tough teaching. And his disciples come to him and said, Master, you offended those Pharisees by what you said. Now did Jesus say, oh, where did they go? Let me go over here and find him." Oh, God bless your thumping little gizzard. I'm so sorry. No. When they told Jesus, you've offended them because you you got too tight. You, you, you messed things up. Them snowflakes are melting all over the place. Got too hot. This is what Jesus' answer was. Verse 13. Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. So you better be careful, little snowflake, going around and getting offended over everything that's done and said in the kingdom of God. Jesus himself said you might not be planted right and you're going to get rooted up. Am I, am I still in the book? I'm still in the book. It's a shame. It's a shame that the ministry today has to spend so much time in the spiritual nursery burping Christians that's been in the church for 20 years. Hello, somebody. Well, I think I heard somebody say a while ago, if it isn't, it's still the truth. What it all boils down to, if, if somebody's going to get offended and upset and mad over the Word of God, and if it can be proved that it's the Word of God, and the man preached the truth, you just use it for an excuse. I read something the other day. I knew it was high, but I didn't know it was that high. But referring to the churches in every city, the ones that's doing the most growth, statistics was looked up, and 96% of the bigger churches that are growing get their growth from church hoppers. Transferees. Amen. Uh, 
What we need to do, if we get our toes stepped on, we need to pray, God, help me to line up to your word. Amen. So, God is the originator and the finisher of the work. Man, I've got to move on. St. John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. These scriptures right here are very interesting to me. An old pastor opened my understanding up about this a long time ago. Let me read this, John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. But as many as received him. Now again, we'll back up. You know, that's the scripture that says that he came to his own and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God. To those who believe in his name. Now verse 13 is the one I want to drive home. Because I'm talking about God being the originator of the work in your life. Who were born. Not of blood. Nor of the will of the flesh. Nor of the will of man but of God. Now this born here is talking about the spiritual birth. Let that sink in. Look at that. People who received him, now opening verse, remember we read, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord. John here said, Those who received him, they wasn't born of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. It wasn't your will that made you decide to be here. It wasn't your will that made you fall on an altar somewhere in a pit. It was the will of God working in you because he loved you, but he gave you some grace and mercy. Oh, my Lord. Hallelujah. Mm. Hebrews 12 and 2. I got two more scriptures. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to read them. Then I'll stop because next week we'll be ready to start talking about walking in Christ and how we do that. Hebrews 12 and 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and was set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Hallelujah. I came down from Bowling Green, Kentucky in 1991. We come just to visit. I hadn't been over at 1901 Meridian in a while. Came in. Sitting there in the pew. 
And as in, as in Brother Hill's fashion, he looks back at me and said, Brother Sammy preached for us this Sunday morning. And that was the first message that led me into finally becoming the pastor of this assembly. I hadn't had a message planned. I had no notes. But I opened up my Bible, and God gave me this verse. And this is what I preached that Sunday. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. The Holy Ghost stirred me and asked the question, What joy? What kind of joy was put before Christ the day he was crucified? Was, was those thorns they planted and put down, pushed down on his head, was that a joy to him? Was those spikes that drew, drove in his hands and feet, was they a joy? Being spat up on? And for, sorry to mess up some of y'all Pentecostal <laughs> tradition. You're saying, men or not having, having no beard. Well, I, I'll, I'll tell you right now, Jesus had to have a beard. How in the world do you get that, that Jesus had a beard? Because the Bible said they plucked it. He had to have, he had to have some fun. Some facial hair there to get it plucked out. You got some things in the Bible. You got to be able to put two and two together. And let me give you a news break: two and two. Even though you write it down side by side, it ain't twenty-two. Two and two's four. Glory to God. Hallelujah. What was the joy? set before him. I'm going to tell you what the joy was. The joy that made him endure the cross, despise the shame. The joy was in the mind of Christ. He could see his bride. He could visualize his bride. On June the 15th, 1972, I walked out behind the pulpit area with Gary Shelton and stood there looking towards the door. And when the music started playing and those doors opened, There walked in the most beautiful thing my eyes had ever behold. That was in 1972. It ain't been quite 50 years yet, but if the Lord lets us live just a little bit longer, I still feel the same way.
then as I was standing there in that church looking down that aisle and seeing my beautiful bride come to me, Jesus was standing in Pilate's hall and walking up the hill to Calvary. And what made him endure the cross and despise the shame Just like a groom, he could see his bride coming. The Bible said he purchased the church with his own blood. Hallelujah. He loved us when we didn't deserve to be loved. Hallelujah. God is so good to us. God is so good to us. And then finally, the final scripture I told you I'd to read, Philippians 1 and 6. And I can give you a lot more. But I just want you to understand. I want everybody to understand that if you're in this thing, it's because God started to work in you and you've got to allow him to complete that work. And you can't never take none of the credit. If When I'm standing before heaven's gates and, the, and I'm allowed in, if I can hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant, I ain't going to be able to take none of the credit for it. Because right. I'm going to know, sister boy, that I ain't going to deserve being there. I'm not going to deserve putting one foot on that street of gold. Thank God for grace. Philippians 1 and 6, being confident of this very thing, that he who hath begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. From start to finish, it's all God. From start to finish, He chose me on a Sunday night, just a kid. Didn't have my mind on spiritual things whatsoever. Playing around like any seven-year-old boy, seven-year-old boy would play. My daddy quit preaching. The altar call was given. Several people had done come down and repented. All of a sudden, something arrested my heart. And began to draw me like a magnet to that altar. There's a row of seats this way, and one center row of pews, that was a small building, and there was an add-on building my dad built himself and had more over there. And I was scared, but I scooted down, all the way down, 
And I looked around when I thought nobody was watching me. Got up and I, I ran from the end of that pew to that other pew, which put it closer to the end of that altar. Something pulling, something pulling, something pulling, something pulling. Finally, I was like Popeye. I took all I could stands and I couldn't stand anymore. I went and I hit that altar. He started the work in me. And guess what? Like the song that... Um, um, Joel Hemphill wrote many years ago, He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Go ahead, Casey. You, you and Jennifer and Ryan, you sing that. I used to have y'all sing that. Let's all stand together. <laughs>